Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. And let me just say this, you know, there was a recently several, you know, name brand ministries went down, including RZIM, Rabbi Zacharias International Ministries. Uh, And it's interesting because on their website and one of their statements of their ministry is this. I guess this is part of their ministry mission statement. And here it is right here. Spread it, quote, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and training disciples to defend Christianity around the globe, unquote. Now, is this accurate in practice in that ministry. I didn't watch that ministry a lot, but it was on the radio sometimes, so I do have enough experience with it, I believe, to to suggest this, that first of all, Rabbi Zacharias never really preached the scriptures. Unbelievable. And the record says that they received tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in donations. Yet, he's not even preaching scripture. His ministry, quote unquote, can be reduced down, first of all, it's inconsistent with Christ and the apostles and the early church in word and in deed as we read through the book of Acts, the Gospels, and the whole New Testament because it was reduced down, as most of the modern church is, to convincing convincing people that God exists. Now, where do we see that in the New Testament? We don't, other than Paul in Romans 1 saying, every person knows by conscience and creation, Romans 1 beginning in verse 18, that God exists. It doesn't matter if there's thousands Thousands of so-called atheists. God doesn't believe in atheists anyway because they don't they don't really exist. They can say they exist, but that's just a sham they hide behind. So the whole ministry of Rabbi Zacharias pretty much is not preaching the gospel and calling men to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the foundational and first message of the original gospel. How many ministries that you know are calling men to repent? That was the first word out of John the Baptist's mouth, Matthew three two and. Matthew 4, 17, it was the first word out of Jesus' mouth and Acts 2, 38. The first word out of the apostle Peter's mouth at the beginning of the inception of the church on the day of Pentecost was what? Repent. And then he goes on to preach it again in chapter 3, verse 19. Paul preached repentance, 2021, etc. in the book of Acts. But again, this man was so heavily supported. Apparently, so many scripturally illiterate people supporting him. He's not even preaching the gospel. He's going into these, you know, universities and intellectually stimulating them with ideas to get them to try to admit that they, that God exists. I mean, this is ridiculous. That's like telling you or me, I need to figure out whether my nose exists or not. It's on our face. We're breathing. We're drowning in the creation of God, and we know he exists, whether we acknowledge it verbally or not. In the early church, 1 Timothy 1, Paul says that the law is given for the unrighteous to 
preached to them so that they're brought to Christ. Galatians 3.24, the law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So we preach the Ten Commandments, for example, and ask them if they violated them and admit we have and everyone has and get them to admit that personally and be convicted. And then we invite them, we call them to repent and receive Jesus. That would be closer without going into all more detail to the original gospel preached and the, the Christian life and ministry executed than just standing up on stage and giving a bunch of scientific and intellectual and philosophical facts to try to get people to admit that God exists. That's all wasted. And I believe personally, all of the money given to this kind of ministry, these so-called apologetic ministries is absolutely wasted. First of all, there's a difference between the apologetics. That is a Bible word for the Philippians 117. I am set for the defense of the gospel. I'm going to be coming out with a message on this soon. So I didn't mean to get off on all of this, but this is important. Is it a biblical apologetics ministry? Okay, we don't we don't see Paul doing the things that we see modern apologists doing. And some refer to Mars Hill, but Paul didn't do the things they're doing today. He simply turned their focus from the unknown God to the living God, the true God. And in verse 30 there of Acts 17, the apostle tells them, he says, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day, judgment is coming, judgment day, in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man, that's Christ, whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him, that's Christ, from the dead. So the apostle Paul told them that there is the one they call the unknown God. He defined the one true God, the only God to them, and then called them to repentance. I wonder if modern apologetic ministries are calling people to repent and following the apostolic model. We've got to preach the gospel, folks. The idea that, well, they're not getting saved. You know what? Shake off the dust of your feet. No one deserves to hear the gospel twice unless everybody, until everybody has heard it once. That's not for you to determine. It's time to start loving not our lives unto the death, to be crucified with Christ and to discern by the Holy Ghost and the Word of God what is true and what is false. And the only way that that's going to happen is if we lay down our lives and love not our lives unto the death. Okay, so many would ask whether or not or ponder whether or not is Rabbi Zacharias, who died in disgrace, in sin, living in open rebellion against God, even though doing the part of a ministry and running an internationally known ministry, is he in heaven or is he in hell? Well, obviously, only God knows at this point that if he repented, now we don't have any record apparently that he actually repented before he died. But we do know that if he died in sin, he's in hell and will never escape. In fact, the Bible tells us here in Ezekiel 33, 12 and 13, therefore thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. And for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day 
day that he turneth from his wickedness, neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. And without going deeply into that subject on this podcast, which I was going to keep short, I want you to look at the text part of this message on safeguardyoursoul.com. Is Rabbi Zacharias in hell? We know that if he or you or I die in sin, having not repented and confessed the sin, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. The only reason why I or yourself or Rabbi Zacharias or anyone else would ever die in sin or have sin presently in our lives on our record is because we have grown hardened heart. We have backslidden. We are not confessing our sins. It's only then if we confess our sins that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So many warnings in scripture, including in Luke 21, 34 through 36, Jesus says, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged or weighed down with surfeiting or overindulgence in the things of this world and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares for as a snare or a trap shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that why that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's Luke 21, 34 through 36. Jesus said in Luke 12, 40, Be ye therefore ready also for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when ye think not. So many warnings about being ready. If that weren't important to our salvation and being ready to meet Jesus, why would Jesus and the apostles have given so many warnings if in fact there was no danger of losing out like the five foolish virgins Jesus taught about in Matthew 25, 1 through 13, where the five foolish virgins who were shut out of the kingdom of God after being engaged to the great bridegroom who is Jesus, and that represents salvation, Jesus taught you that you could believe for a while and then in time of temptation fall away. Luke chapter 8, verse 13, also the writer of Hebrews says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. God is holy, holy, holy. He commanded that his people be holy as he is holy. And may we be reminded that the wages of sin is death and also the soul that sinneth, it shall die or be separated from God. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse four. I want to encourage you to look up the eternal security category on the desktop version of safeguardyoursoul.com. There's a drop down menu on the right. Go to the ease and look up eternal security. There's no such thing as eternal security until you're in heaven, by the way, already there before then, like on this earth in your life, you must endure to the end to be saved or be saved into heaven into eternal glory. That's final salvation. Very few today teach final salvation, which the Bible teaches it thoroughly from start to finish. Not only initial, but final salvation. God bless you, my friends. Glad we had these moments together. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash all 
Audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world, and may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among His people and through His beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.